0: The Bulletin
1: Right, the Bulletin this morning is with Robert van Royen Of course he's uh, in Christchurch uh, Devoted Crusaders man And everything red and black uh, down there Including uh, a bit of rock and rolling this morning Uh, Robert, good morning to you Uh, Did you feel it? Where
0: were you? Morning city, uh, look, to be honest I didn't feel it, I was blasting into the central city on my bike and yeah, I had no idea if people were talking about it when I got into the office but no, dodged that one uh, in terms of feeling it on, on the bike.
1: Well, lucky you um, because it wasn't that far away, Geraldine and a shallow one at that so okay, and let's hope everyone uh, down the South Island is safe, well and intact uh, around that. Uh, okay, uh, so Ethan Blackadder is uh, on uh, on the ground over there on terra firma in France. Uh, they don't play for another fortnight as such, so that might bring Frazal and Co. back into the frame. How much game time do you think Blackadder might get?
0: Yeah, good question. I mean, I, I, no matter what, I think that, um, you know, in terms of with Kane and back and Frizzell back shortly, well, it sounds probably against Italy league next week. Um, I've I, that first choice. I think Foster's first choice to lose forward is still going to be Kane, Brazil and Sevilla. And then I guess it's going to become a little bit more now between Jacobson and Blackadder. We know that Blackadder, he's only, he only played five Super Rugby games this year, four starts, and just can't take a trick uh, injury-wise. So um, obviously they decided, look, he's, he's healthy now, played some games for Tasman, and they went with him over Semi Punney-B now. Um, look, I, but what they love about Blackadder is his versatility. He can play six, seven, and eight. I mean, I think I think we'll clearly see him in these next two um, full game um, probably um, maybe on the bench it does depend a little bit on if Frizzell and Kane are back and uh, if they're not obviously he'll definitely be playing and it's sort of going to be between Blackett and, and Jakeston probably for that bench spot if, if they're at full health
1: there's absolutely no chance now we're going to see Will Jordan at f- starting at fullback, is there? Uh, I mean, um, in, or, I mean, he'd handle it if they chucked him the fifteen jersey, he'd handle it. But uh, Will Jordan is a bit of, uh, to me, uh, is a bit of a risk to a game plan at fifteen, um, particularly if you want a kicking game plan.
0: Yeah, look, I agree. Look, I, look, I think it's clear as day. Like Foster, is all about Bowden Barrett at fullback, and that's just not going to change now. And it's definitely. Uh, Will Jordan's best position, as he said it himself, it's where he would like to play. Uh, look like he definitely wasn't at his best on the wing. He's still, a, he's still a very good wing. Um, I, I think that the, we can lock in Barrett at fullback for the rest of the World Cup, as long as he's fit, um, especially in the in the meaningful games. I think the big question is what they do, you know, on the, on that left wing in, the, in terms of the back three. I thought Flying he was outstanding the other day, um, and I'm all I've always said. My belief is that you've got to have if you're going to play Will Jordan on one wing. Uh, you've got to have a power wing on the, the other and as good as Talia's been, you know, I think Fanganuku just brings an extra element on that left side. I mean well, he scored thirteen tries in Super Rugby, played less games and uh, guys like Stevenson who scored a lot of tries. Um, and, and look you saw that just the line out strike weapons, he just gives you more options when you've got someone like Fanganuko off the line out, scored the other day, scored a lot of tries in Super Rugby via that method and, and also if you look at him around the, the fringes, um, pick and go, he plays like a plays like a loose forward. Not afraid to get right in there and just pick and pick and go. And he's such a power athlete, he frees up those arms. And um, yeah, I, I like the back three in terms of what I'd imagine we'll see: Bowden, Barrett, Will Jordan, and Firinga I think is that um, that would be my preferred back three now. And just when I'm thinking that, you know, Bowden Barrett is going to be the, the lock at 15.
1: Righty, okay. You know Richie Moanga uh, very well. Uh, You've followed his career very well. You know the way he likes to play rugby. Do you sense he's uncomfortable and a dual play make a role with Bowden Barrett
0: yeah i, I, I yeah I don't think we see like probably what most people would, would say we don't quite see his best when he doesn't have the full reins to to that back line um, he, he's you know when he's been given the keys he's obviously always had the keys to the Crusaders back line and, and you, you see what he can do and when, when it's when it can, it can get a little bit disjointed um, and a little bit indecisive when you know, in, in that jaw mode. Um, but at, at the times, at times this year, though, like it has worked really well. But also, look, yeah, it's, it's definitely not his preferred preferred way. No doubt about it.
1: Right. Okay. Let's uh, tone it down uh, towards uh, the NPC, uh, going very regional and going within the regions as well. It worked. It seems to uh, at Arungur. I'm not sure whether you were able to enjoy that experience, but. Uh, how do you see it going forward uh, for uh, to be Bearing in mind, uh, you're building a magnificent new stadium there, but I would have thought when they did the plans and the budgets and everything around that, the initial thought was that the Canterbury rugby team would be playing there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, they, they haven't got to the stage yet where they're talking about contracts. I mean, as it stands at the moment, these Big teams, uh, they, they sign contracts where they have to. And, and, and using Canterbury as an example here, is they they are only allowed to it as it stands with the current deal they've got in place at Apollo Project Stadium in Eddington, They're only allowed to take one game away a, a year. Um, look, they can't. We may, you're right. I mean, it would be great. They'd love to know that play at that new stadium in a few years. But not that we know what the NPC is going to look like then. But they can't. You know, you just can't really imagine that they can have these deals in place where you can only take. One game away. I mean, in terms of the NPC, sure, if, if they played in that stadium tomorrow, I'm sure they'd get a good crowd. But that novelty in terms of NPC would wear off. The crowd numbers just wouldn't be justified to be playing in in that stadium every week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought. And I mean, we saw how that game in Rangiora the other week, I mean, it was about six and a half thousand there, and outstanding. I mean, it's. I mean, you saw Matt Todd last week, um, Mitchell Drummond. Sorry, a couple of weeks ago, they. They, raved about. they They both see like the future of the NPC is these big city teams need to take games away. We saw Auckland take a game away from Eden Park last week at Bell Park. And mm. again, it's, it's you know, North Harbour haven't been, you know, they've been taking games elsewhere. Uh, it, it's the future, I think, of the competition. And look, we know next year there's no actual changes to, it's going to be the same format. But beyond 2024, who knows what we're going to see. But yeah, look, I, um, I, I think it's much better playing these games at smaller venues. I mean, rugby Park is another one here, but the issue there is there's only so much rugby they can play on that surface with uh, the Crusaders needing to train there. The Canterbury woman obviously use it as well, so you can't have the men playing there every week. So, yeah, definitely an interesting one. Can uh, anyone beat Wellington on what you've seen? Well, I think... <laughs> gee, they've been good, haven't they? Um, I mean, Bay of Plenty actually... That scoreline probably flattered Wellington a little bit the other day. Bay when played some good rugby and, and g- g- gave them a good nudge. Canterbury probably should have beaten them down here. That's year that was Wellington at the end of their storm week. So, I mean, that was pretty telling. I thought that Wellington, after, you know, defeating the shield twice within a few days and then having to come down here, uh, Canterbury were rested at that stage and they still they came back and beat them in a high scoring game. And gee, clearly the best team in the Commonwealth won 18 games in a row now. They're close to locking that shield up for a a second straight summer. Um, On their day, I thought, you know, I could see someone like a Canterbury or a Tasman, um, you know, perhaps even a Waikato, who are starting to show a little bit bit of science now getting them. But, look, no doubt about Wellington are a firm favourite to to go back-to-back.
1: If uh, New Zealand was to host, uh, here's a hypothetical question for you. The the Rugby League World Cup, would there be sufficient interest? I mean, I got a text uh, saying that rugby league's quite strong in uh, quite a few areas down there in the South Island. Uh, would, it, uh, would it warrant taking the game or the Kiwis playing down south, or do you think it would be better housed in Auckland like uh, the Black Ferns was, for instance?
0: Oh, no, I, I think it's moving around, absolutely. Yeah, no, rugby league's always been uh, popular down, down these ways. Uh, and, and even in, to an extent, Dunedin, not as much, but like, I, I still think if there was a Rugby World Cup here and you, and you, you took the Kiwis down to Dunedin at four I oh, you'd have no issues getting good, getting good crowds. And, and here, look, we've, um, I mean, the, the Warriors have played preseason games down here in the past too. Um, but, yeah, oh, no, I've, I've got no doubt about it. Get, get it out and about. Get it out and about. Don't, don't lock it into a region like we had with the, with the Women's Rugby World Cup. Are you up the waz? <sighs> Look, it's funny for me. I used to be. It's, I, I do follow the Warriors, and I, uh, I try and watch as much league as I can. And I certainly tuned in the other night. I mean, to go back 15, 20 years, I watched a hell of a lot more. Now, with my job and having to focus mostly on rugby, it's sort of when I'm when I'm off the clock, I you know have to switch off a wee bit. Um, but absolutely, I'm in behind them. Yeah, it's great to great to see them going so well. And I, I still remember in, in 2011 when I was actually down in Dunedin uh, when they last made that final stopping in at the Starters Bar. I was actually on the way to watch uh, Ireland and Italy play in the Rugby World Cup game at Forsyth Bar Stadium and the, War- the Grand Final was on and uh, ducking into Starters Bar on Clyde Street there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, gee, it's a good story, isn't it, what, what, what they've achieved so far.
1: Robert, uh, ride home safely and make sure there's no bumps on the road because uh, you had a strong earthquake down there. And thanks very much for your time this morning. Um, look forward to catching up again soon, man. Thanks, thanks for being part of the Bulletin today. Cheers, mate.